You want me to do the sound effects? God damn it. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how we've now been do- downloaded in 69 countries. Nice. My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Matt Polly, hey. Brad Polly, hey guys, and together we are the Inglorious Pastors. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd do that this yep, week. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost like set you up for it, but I well, knew you know what's great is it wasn't scripted for us to yell "nice," and we did it at the same. And time. I literally pointed at Matt whenever. <laughs> Whenever it was time, um, so we're gonna do. We're just gonna jump right into it. Um, we have been downloaded in sixty nine countries. Well, I didn't think you were lying. So, which can we talk about that for just a second? Like, who the fuck are these people that are downloading <laughs> us in like other countries? Like, do they understand English? And it's probably English speakers. I would oh, assume. Sure. Hold on, Mike. Hold on. Michael's about to go full racist. Go ahead, buddy. Just, just, nope, nope, I'm done. Just, just I'm ride done. that train I'm into done. the station. Go right ahead. Nope. Doot, I'm done. Doot. Here comes the Michael's racist train. Nope. <laughs> won't. I won't. I'm not. I can't. Nope. I like the new Confederate flag in your back window. No kidding. I was actually uh, talking to, talking about buying a truck. Um <laughs> Because I live in the country now, <laughs> and uh, my friend uh, was talking to me, uh, like, "You're gonna get one of the, you're gonna get the the standard kit. You're gonna get the Trump sticker and the Confederate flag. <laughs> you have to. You have you have this to. part of you the, gotta get Calvin pissing on something too. Yep. I think what, that, uh, pissing on an Obama sticker. Yeah, that's, there that's you go. Big around here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, now I'm in a terrible mood. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk about what we're drinking. Uh, so you totally you're, gave me you're a bottle. You're not drinking anything. And Michael has a, a, a closed bottle. Matt gave me a bottle. Uh, no bottle opener. We're, we're well prepared. No glass. Here's your bottle opener. Oh, here, bottle opener. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> this is great airtime. Yes. Um, so this round is on Josh Schilling. Thank you, Josh. Josh is born and raised in St. Louis. Hmm. Cardinals. A longtime, lifelong Cardinals fan. There we go. And a Blues fan. I don't even know. What do the Blues play? Hockey? Hockey. Good okay. God. Uh, he's been in church, Jesus. in the Church of the Nazarene we're, we're for 20 plus two years. Two minutes into this, he's already teed me up to piss me off. <laughs> Guys, this is a good story, though. So he met his wife uh, at the Church of Nazarene, um, knocked her up when they were in high school. Um, ugly situation. Wait, is this how he described it, or are you just being a dick? This, this is how he described it. Okay. So I'm, I right. have... Um, Anonymity. Um, <laughs> no, immunity. Immunity. Same thing. <laughs> God. Uh, ugly situation. So, uh, ugly. I just went with I knew it was wrong. I just I rolled with it. <laughs> I knew it was wrong. I just rolled with it. Uh, <laughs> so, the ugly situation uh, led to uh, him having to leave the church. Or they both left the church that they grew up in because, you know, they let the church down. All that jazz. Ugh, yeah. Um, he, he says uh, he has no idea why he stuck it out with the church after that. I don't either. <laughs> More good on you, I guess. Uh, he moved to another church in the district and met a youth pastor who loved them through the whole mess. Mm, nice. Um, he got married to his uh, um, baby mama. No, nope. Yeah. Nope. That's yeah. that's not what we're the going mother, with. That, the mother, the mother of ahead. his baby. There you go. Um, and could have uh, gone with fiance, could have gone with girlfriend, but nope, yeah. you went right through to baby mana, mana, baby mana, baby mana. God, what is mana. wrong with you two? Jeez. I've had a lot to drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, he actually started a church with that youth, youth pastor. Nice, nice. Um, it is a good story, yeah, yeah. 
So um, he's always been a little more liberal, progressive than the people he's served. Um, but he's been lucky enough to to let for them to just let him do his thing. And nice. Really he can happen. drag him along for the ride. He's got three kids: uh, Jackson, Elliot, and Jude. Matt has Jude. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he spends uh, all his time with his family, working and uh, making music. Oh, cool. He was once a jazz saxophone major in college. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but he now plays primarily guitar. Cause John Coltrane with GTFO. Because he's, he's not breaking out the jazz for uh, for our God is an awesome God, I don't think. <laughs> he should, though. <laughs> yeah, he should. I want a jazz saxophone. Yeah, if you could send us that, we'll play it on air. Send yeah. us a jazz saxophone version. We'll make, awesome. it, we'll make, it, a, we'll make it a bumper, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's what's the jazz. <laughs> Not <sound>? that <laughs> Michael listens to a lot of jazz. Let's no. see electronic uh, saxophone. Let's not. Let's move on. Um, uh, so he grew up with uh, three adopted sisters um, who are black, and his best friend is black. So the, his one of his big life ministry focuses is racial racial reconciliation. Oh. Um, Very yeah. cool. We could use some of that. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you so, got a lot to do yep. <laughs> these days. Mm-hmm. We believe in you. Um, what are we drinking? We've got to talk about that. Okay. Matt, now that our beers are poured. Go ahead since yours is... Oh, have you tried yours yet? I have not tried Okay. It. Well, I'll do mine okay. while you're taking All your right, drink. Cool. Um, Matt and I are drinking um, Oak Aged Yeti from Great Divide Brewing Company in Denver, Colorado. Does I've it taste had, like I believe, uh, Bigfoot? <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, it does. It smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it smells like a diaper filled with used Indian food. How do you guys know that? How do you know what Bigfoot's it's dick from smells Anchorman, like? It's from Anchorman, uh, Michael. Um, anyway, uh, it's really good. Great Divide Brewing Company, Denver, Colorado. I have had the regular, the Yeti. It's an Imperial mm-hmm. Stout. I've had it on the podcast before, not horribly long ago. I don't, I don't remember. I, they all um, went together. But this is oak aged, and it is really, really good. Mm-hmm. The it's not oak o- is not overdone. overdone. Yeah, uh, you get good sort of vanilla notes mm-hmm. at the end of it. It's really, really good. Yep. So, but it's also nine and a half percent. So I wasn't about to drink a huge bottle of that by myself. Yeah, probably not a good. Especially call. after scotch. Yeah. So. I am drinking the espresso porter the, from the Palmetto Brewing Company out of Charleston, South Carolina. We've this is our last mm-hmm. Charleston beer tour to Charleston. Yeah, um, so uh, send us some beers and we'll drink them. Um, it's it's brewed with coffee. It's very good, very tasty. Nice. Um, yeah, it's got six uh, percent alcohol, twenty five IBUs. That's so. international bitter units. Yeah. Yeah. So it's delicious, and their yeah. little barcode is like a beer glass. Oh, it is. Isn't it? That's so cute. It's cute. <laughs> yeah, it is. I had one of those earlier, a couple of days ago. It is pretty decent. Yeah. Man, I had a uh, Founders Breakfast Stout today. Oh, I have not had that yet. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. it is so <laughs> freaking good. <clears throat> I went to Lucky's in Bloomington today, and we have got to go there for a beer. Yeah, it's a. They got a really huge selection of stuff. Yeah, so. it's nice. Yep. Uh, we'll we'll be hitting that up soon. Um, if you'd like to buy us around. Go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Um, that will put you in the pub. It's a closed Facebook group uh, where we do things and we talk about the things and we do the things. High fives and electronic uh, high fives. And, it's very profound. Yeah. Things discussed in the pub this week. You really um, sold it there, buddy. <laughs> I try. Um, <laughs> do, we, do you? <laughs> somewhat. Um, we discussed, we're discussing Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, we're discussing animals from the pit of hell. 
Um, <laughs> Most of them in Australia. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we discussed Venti. Um, oh, not God even gonna. Not this even thing gonna will do not that. die. No, we're not, not, I'm not. Geez, I'm, not even, I'm just gonna say we talked it about it. It just won't die. Uh, we talked about it. I've expressed my keep, feelings. Keep dying on that dumb fucking hill, buddy. <laughs> Man. No. No, no. Don't. No. Don't. Move on. Just say Venti. All right. Um, we talked you know about. What? No, wait a minute. You know what? I listened to that again. You. You said. Are, like, are we really gonna talk about yeah, this? No, we I are. Will get no, we are gonna talk about it. All right. We're going to talk about it because you were an infant. When it Number comes to one. The, you were an fuck infant. You guys. No, 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 no. We'll get into you're, it in the feedback. You are we'll get into the feedback. Right. There are numerous people who added us and said, just save Inti. Numerous You're still people. an infant. I don't it wasn't care. The, it, wasn't that you're, it, it wasn't that I disagree with you. It was how much of a fucking baby you were. No, about I'm just the saying. Call, just say it. Call it Venti. You literally, you literally were acting like somebody kicked oh your child. Oh my gosh! Are we done talking about this? <laughs> gosh, it will not die <laughs> because you won't let it we're die. Gonna, we'll, we'll talk about it in the feedback section. Okay, let's let's TV. move on. I got a question. Um, Hold on, I got a, I got a follow up question about Venti. H- how's the running going there, buddy? Uh, uh, it's not. Yeah, Matt's not running. All right. Well, I lost the bet. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Give up I, I honestly, I, I told you guys do, earlier. Do we I, know him or what? Yes, we I, I can't. Like I literally, just, I can't run. It, it destroys my feet. So I'm working the working the overcome bike upstairs. I I've think. run three of the last four days. Good job. And I'm, I'm my goal is to run a 5k this summer. Yeah. I've run a 5k. Should we place a bet on the 5k? Nah. No, because yeah. he knows I'll do it. He'll do it just to spite me. Yeah, so. you probably would. You would do it just. I to absolutely spite him. would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd run with. Freaking chin splints and everything else. <laughs> Broken light. Yeah. We also talked about Charlotte's Web CBD hemp oil. Um, we talked about uh, trans, the transgender community. And then I'm laughing not because of the transgender community, but because of what I'm about to say next, <laughs> which is um, there's a new website out there created by uh, at Batman Villain. It's called www.pastards69.com. Nice. It is literally a countdown to our 69th episode. <laughs> like days and hours yes. and minutes. So if you want to know when Pastor's episode 69 comes. That's going to be special. We did not request this. No, we um, didn't. But it, but it's a thing. So we've got to make episode oh, 69 God, a thing. I love that our followers are creating that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so normally we do a, a live Facebook live episode on the tins, or we're trying to do it on the tins. So on episode 60, we'll do that. But I'm thinking we should move episode Probably 70 up to 69 because we will get nothing else accomplished. <laughs> no, yeah, we now we won't. Yep. So, <laughs> so Facebook Live Just events coming. Great. We're so mature that we're already giggling about it about <laughs> three months in advance. Oh, I know. It's like 15 episodes away. <laughs> so Facebook Live, go ahead and like us on facebook.com slash Bastards Podcast. Um, and you can see those live events. We're going to, it'll it'll be, the first one will not be about 69, but though. So before we go into the news feed, I got something I want to share here. I found. Oh, I do too. Go ahead. So um, our, our president's a shithead. Uh, and we, no, 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 wait. I'm gonna That's make this, old news. I'm, I know. I'm going to make this all better. These, these are just names that have been randomly found around the internet for him. This sounds like a news feed article. It, it sort of is, but my news feed's a little different. I've got two interconnected stories. I don't know if I have a news feed. This is Matt's way of getting an extra news Yeah, he, he really sneaks those in. You did like he? nine last week, so shut up. All right, go ahead. Uh, okay, here just a few names that you can use to describe him instead of his actual name. Uh, Squirrel Wig, McRace's Pants. Cheeto, Cheeto Satan. Uh, Coral Baby Hands. 
<laughs> Fanta Fascist, Dreamsicle Demon, Orange Menace, El Hombre de Tang. <laughs> Dreamsicle Demon. I like El Hombre yeah. de Tang. Uh, Marmalade Mussolini, Orange Anus Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of wow. does have an anus I'm mouth. I'm going to skip a few. Uh, Habanero Hitler, uh, Man... Uh, Trumple Thin Skin, uh, <laughs> Orange is the New Splat, uh, Tangerine Nutsack, <laughs> uh, Human Toupee Hybrid, uh, Fuckface Von Clownstick. Yeah, don't, if you, okay, that's an older one. Yeah, yeah that like, is Before an old he one. was even running yeah. for president, or maybe like right after he announced, people started calling him Fuckface Von Clownstick. <laughs> So, like, he kept getting so angry about it. <laughs> Don't he was tweeting, it. please stop calling me good. Oh, you guys think it's so funny to call me fuckface McClownstick. <laughs> so good. Uh, the Orange Shit Weasel. <laughs> President Tang. Uh, Kim Jong Orange. Um, <laughs> Kim Jong Orange. Yeah. Uh, Minute Maid Mao. Uh, this is a newsfeed piece. Come it on. It is. I'm, I'm skipping a bunch. Doorknob Trundlefuck. <laughs> He's given a bunch, so that makes it not a news right. yeah. piece. Um, literally, I don't care what you think. So um, let's see. Go ahead and hit the news feed. No, don't don't hit the news. I was going to hit the Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, oh, McCheeto Dick. That's one of my personal favorites. Um, Sam and Voldemort. Do you think his area is orange as well? Oh, my God. oh gross! Well, God, well that'll end that, that segment. Yep. Thank you, buddy. Thanks You're for that, buddy. <laughs> Hi, friends. It's that time of the week where Michael has a deep thought. Do you think Donald Trump even eats Cheetos? <laughs> well, friends, that was it. Well, that, that segment's all played out now, yeah. so... Uh, oh, well. Anyway. It's called Jumping the Shark. <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, okay, so I do have an update on my health. Um, so oh, I, yeah, I got the results back from my sleep apnea test. <laughs> Michael literally has never breathed while sleeping. <laughs> Pretty much. So... As we said last time, a few episodes he just ago, goes into a, he goes into a stasis for about eight a, hours. He's in a fugue state. <laughs> You'll know it's been a couple of weeks since I found out that I was dying at night, and I finally got my my return visit to the doctor to get the device that I need to, to live. Anyway, so um, last time I said, um, if you have like severe sleep apnea, it means that you are twenty plus times per hour right. that you stop breathing. Got my official results back today. When I'm sleeping on my side, which is where I primarily sleep, 54 <laughs> times per hour, oh my I stop breathing. 54. That's, You're literally never breathing. That's 50, once a minute. That's that's once a minute. Jesus. Wait for it. When I sleep on my back, because I slept on my back a little bit, because I, I never sleep on my back, but um, because of all the nodes and shit that were, the wires that were hooked up to me, when I sleep on my back... It's 94. What? 94 times oh, per minute. come on. I, I'm not actually breathing. How are you alive? I don't know. Like, it's honest a, it's to God. Miracle. Honest to God, how are you alive? I have no idea. So, I've got a machine now that I'm... That he helps 94? Me. I'm practically That's, Darth Vader right now. Did they say anything? Is this a record? Uh, like, that has to be a record. No. I bet they got your results and were like, you're you're now being taught in classes. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I don't know. It's Holy weird. crap! But of course, it took two weeks to get the secondary <laughs> appointment. In. I can't believe they didn't immediately send you home with a CPAP. Yeah, you literally yeah. never breathe at night. But eh, he'll be fine for a couple more weeks. He yep. survived this long. So, so you figure I'm 90, literally half Vader right now. So let's figure. Let's just go with sixty times an hour, roughly. Yeah, because you basically sleep on your yeah. side. So 
over the course of eight hours. I'm you, not sleeping. You, that's like 480 times that Dude, you stop that breathing in the middle nuts. of the night. It's crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> Seriously, how the fuck are you not dead? Yeah, how am I awake? Number one. How am I awake? Number two. Um, well, it's coffee. That's number one. Coffee and copious amounts of caffeine. But also, like, I've had a headache for like seven days. It's because I'm not getting enough fucking oxygen You're not getting to my head. Any oxygen, literally. Yeah. yeah, your body's like, eh, I'm good. Yep. Jeez. So I've got the machine. I'm going to start using it tonight. Um, <laughs> Probably a good idea. Hopefully, I don't die. Good lord. Um, but if if not, it was nice knowing you guys. His body's like, what is this foreign substance? <laughs> what is this thing I'm breathing? Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the update. And wow. The, um, the, the Michael. Like, I wouldn't even have said 94 as a joke. No. Like, I, yeah. if, I, if you'd have been like, well, guess how many times? As an exaggeration, I would have been like, oh, like 94. It, yeah. I would have never gone that high as a joke. That is crazy. crazy. It is crazy. So, oh now you wonder God. why I'm tired all, all the freaking time. <laughs> well, yeah. And I have a headache all the freaking time. It's because I'm not sleeping and, and you're not, I'm not getting enough oxygen. oxygen to my freaking head. Oh my god! Well, that explains a lot. Michael's actually, basically yeah. sleeping so, underwater. So last week we made fun of him like having CTE because he forgets shit. I think I understand yeah, why he does my, now. That's another side effect: is my my memory is shit. You guys wait in like a month. I'm gonna be so fucking sharp. <laughs> I'm gonna come. I'm gonna go ahead and say that's probably not pr- true. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> really, the bar's so low right now. Like anything you anything. did would be a, yeah would be an improvement. <laughs> this is the uh, Trump joint session of Congress of the uh, Pastors Podcast. I'm going to say so the many bar words is so right. low that you're going to say about three words in a re- and write together, and people will be like, "He's a genius." Yes, <laughs> profound. <laughs> All right, that's that, that's very enough. Pre- about that. Very presidential. <laughs> Into the new speed. Yeah. All right. So, um, as part of our GoFundMe campaign, um, Becky Seville has presented us with a newsfeed piece into the newsfeed, or the barber, as she's the known. barber of Seville, <laughs> or the um, the pub evangelist. Um, <laughs> she is on Twisted Sisters. Check out their podcast if you haven't heard of it. Um, you're an idiot. Because um, it's literally in this news feed. Or you're in this, literally, this if you're subscribed podcast. to us, it's showing up in your feed yes. whether you want it or not. What's this Twisted Sisters? <laughs> um, check it out. Um, so her news feed is Cards Against Humanity co-creator sends newest board game, Secret Hitler, to all 100 U.S. senators. Oh! <laughs> Wow. Yes. With the rise of the alt-right and uh, the white nationalist movement, some observers are analyzing the early actions of Donald Trump administration. For us. You were just redundant, by the way. It's alt-right sig- and white nationalist yes, the exact same I thing. Uh, for a significant similarity. We, we just say Nazi. <laughs> to, the, to, the, to the rise of Nazism uh, in the 1920s. So one of the, the creators of Cards Against Humanity um, is making it pretty clear and, and sending it to, to all of them in it. The, the people of, of the all the senators um, and saying, uh, we thought you might find this game relevant as you negotiate the balance of power with the Trump White House. Wow. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. Um, so they, they had started with a Kickstarter. $1.5 million was raised <laughs> for this, this game. Um, and it's, it's, um, it is a secret identity game set in 1933 Germany that ro- models the rise of fascism in a democracy um, explores the idea of uh, how cooperation appeasement and the inability to recognize your own manipulation before it's too late 
gave rise to Hitler and mm. Nazi Germany. Wow, sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah, no yep. kidding. Yep. <clears throat> so mm. uh, I, I think I would play that. <laughs> it's a real game. Yeah. We should play it. <laughs> Can we just play Cards Against Humanity? I'd rather play that. Yeah, that's true. That's what we should do for the 69th episode, just play Cards Against Humanity for two hours. And we just weed through, and it's only the sexual references <laughs> that we use. You're only you just weed out all the, the cards. Sex, you're, yeah. only, you're allowed to use sexual references. I'm guessing that would happen naturally. <laughs> yeah, probably. Very cool. Um, so thanks, Becky, for, for, the, uh, for the news yeah, feed thank piece. You. Yeah. We appreciate it. Who wants to go next? I'll go, because Matt's going to have 14 different news feed items. Uh, Florida man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kidding. Architect turns old cement factory into his home, and the interior will, interior will take your breath away. Spanish architect Ricardo Bofill in in 1973 purchased a World One World War One era cement factory near hmm. Barcelona. Dude, we're gonna post this. And I know this is terrible radio, but we'll post. You got to look at these pictures. This thing is unfriggin' believable. I've seen people do this with all kinds of different weird. And he like, took him like they're kind of. He's kind of still working on it. I mean, he bought it in 1973. It is wrap it up, bro. Unfriggin' wow. believable. Let me see. Holy moly! Yeah, so like they left it intact. I mean, they left like he. Le- this thing, it's amazing. Like there's trees growing on top of it and vines, and like he left that. He said he wanted it to look like it was part of the landscape. Yeah. And so he left all that stuff. Um, check out this bedroom with a bath in it. Oh, my god! Yeah, I mean, it's like opulent. Oh, I mean, this wow. guy basically made an, an opulent castle out of a cement factory. He also has his architectural uh, offices in it. So, like, they work there, too, him and his team. I mean, it is... The, I, I could not believe, first of all, how much money does this dude have? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah, it was pretty cheap to buy this originally. If he's an architect. I well, mean, in the but, 70s, he probably <clears throat> spent like 50 grand on it. Right. But it's now, like, bucks. I mean, this thing, I can't imagine what this would sell for if they sold it. Oh, I mean, I can't even. I don't think $25 million dollars easily. I mean, oh, gosh. What, uh, they what can't you doing it. there, buddy? It's, it's the. The listeners can't hear that, but it was... They can't like, hear that? I don't think no, so. No, it didn't show up in the last... He oh, did it three times um, last episode. Okay. Well, yeah. that uh, was pretty loud. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, was... so we'll, we'll we'll post this. I, I'm from Board Panda. You guys that are listening have to look at these pictures. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. Um, what this guy has done. Uh, Ricardo Bofill, mm. Spanish architect. That's cool. Nice. So have you guys heard of... Um, uh, the doctor, and I use that term loosely, in Wichita, he's a chiropractor okay. who developed um, a, a product called Mensa's. Mensa's? Oh, it I is, saw this. It is, what the hell? Quote, unquote, a feminine lipstick. Oh, they talked about this in Twisted Sisters. Oh, did? Yeah, yeah okay. they did. Yeah. That's right. To help yeah, ladies yeah. combat heavy flow, you glue your vagina shut with this. A little super glue. <laughs> Seems healthy. Um yeah, don't. You should do it. You should get it. And do your b-hole. <laughs> do your b-hole shot, man. <laughs> just, I, wish you, I wish you could see I his really face. wish everybody could see his face. So happy right uh, now. I'm just imagining so happy. Matt at work, and he has to wear sweatpants because there's like a sack of like glue poop coming out of his b-hole. Oh, just imagining it. Like... A little disturbing. You're imagining my bee hole, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, it's like a, it's, I mean, it's like a little, it's like an extra testicle, but like it's <laughs> the size of like a football. We get it. 
You should glue your beehole. So the size of my my normal ones? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Thank you. That's where you always wear sweatpants. God damn it. (laughs) Michael did his horse genital joke last week. You did the horse genital I mean. No, you did. I was going to do it either way. Yeah. I was going to do it if you didn't. So. So yeah, don't uh, don't do that, and that that leads me to my next one too. Which um, have you seen the new as the new beauty craze, quote unquote, where people uh, women are tattooing freckles on their face? No. Yeah, they they get tattoo freckles. Like uh, wait, tattoos? Yes. They're tattooing, not like makeup, not like beauty spots. Literally tattooing, and they they basically they only last for a couple of years, and like for the first three months, they basically look like you have blackheads all over your face. <laughs> And so they're like tattooing them like kind of across the bridge of the nose and yeah, under their right. eyes. Um, Why? I guess, I mean, fre- freckles are cute. I mean, that's fine. I mean, my uh, wife's got some that's, freckles. That's why I'm so cute. My No, it's not at all. <laughs> my body is one giant freckle. I, I don't know what to do I, I don't. That, so I'm going to ignore it. Um, it's true. No, I mean, freckles are cute. My wife's got some freckles and she's got a little beauty spot under her eye that I really like. And I mean, that's fine. But like, Is that why you like me? <clears throat> just... He's in total <laughs> troll mode. He is. He can't, like he just sort of <laughs> silently switched gears, didn't he? He did. <laughs> so, troll mode. So go ahead and go ahead and hit the cue the music there. I've got I had you down All right, Michael. Okay, hang okay. Hi ladies. It's Matt here. Oh god. Um I just want you to just want you a couple things to know a couple things here. One, just be who you are. Don't tattoo shit all over your face. If you don't have freckles, you don't have freckles. Just be you. It's okay. And secondly, don't glue your vagina shut. Also, don't stick stones up it. Don't steam it. Stop listening to fucking Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow method. Stop listening to Jenny McCarthy. Stop listening to Jessica Alba. They're not fucking doctors. Stop it. Gwyneth Paltrow is a certified nutritionist. I'm sure she is. There you go. The more you know. That's the more you know. (laughs) Glad I could help. (laughs) I had to play it one more time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so newsfeed for me. um, We're going to play a couple of a game with this. Not really really a game. I just made up this name because why not? Uh, It's it's called uh, How Much of This Is There In That? So that's the question about these. These these two newsfeed uh, article articles that are very similar. How much actual chicken is in Subway's chicken? Uh, I saw this today. It's only fifty percent chicken. Yep, Subway's chicken is, is the, only. Wait, wait, is the other part unknown ruminant meat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So was um, that the hashtag we ended up with last? No, week? we did uh, uh, beaver placenta oh, and maple right. syrup. Maple yeah. syrup. Yeah, only true. one person used that as really actual hashtag. Nah, we had two, but sad. see, we should have gone with unknown ruminant meat. It would be used more. <laughs> Um, but yeah, fifty percent uh, of of the subway chicken is, is meat. Has and the rest has chicken is just DNA fillers and preservatives and yeah. So that's gross. If you've ever eaten chicken from Subway, you'd go. Mm, yeah, it's actually sounds about right. Yeah. More specifically, uh, it's forty two point eight percent. It's not a lot. That's not mm-hmm. enough. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. That's the, for the chicken strips. I haven't then, eaten Subway in years. Literally, I, I eat Subway a lot. Yeah, I know. Subway. You always get the spicy, and you end up shitting in a in your car. <laughs> this is this is a, a typical problem for me. It is. This is it. Had that jalapeno sub from Subway. It was great. Two hours later, oh my god, 
I had to stop and shit in a gas station. I didn't think I was going to make it. It happened oh, every it time. It happened one time. It bullshit. No, I've only gotten it one time. Well, that's, why he, that's why he wears sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> they're super it's absorbent. Actually, they're actually, super absorbent. Matt got that glue it's just so he would <laughs> shit on the road. That's why I glue my b-hole shut, man. <laughs> uh, when he gets home, he just kind of... Pokes the hole in that. <laughs> oh my god! Yikes! In that shit pocket. Okay. <laughs> shit pocket. Well, yes. <laughs> if I could have stopped laughing for a second, I would have done that. I knew where you were going with it. I got that. On you got that. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Next question is, um, how much pee is really in a swimming pool? So I'm going to. I don't want to know you. this. <clears throat> I don't want to know this. I, um, I don't want to know this. Three week period. No, I don't um, want to know this. So they did several studies. God damn it. Um, so 110 <laughs> gallons of water in, in one pool, and the other one uh, had 220,000 uh, gallons of water. So 110,000. Okay, uh, so you went from 110 to 220,000. 110,000 okay. gallons of water and uh, 220,000 gallons, 220, gallons gotcha. of water. Um, how much How much pee? I is don't know. Even one this is the public pool. Four gallons. Um... So, seven point nine gallons oh of pee in the smaller God. pool. How do they know that though? And like, nearly, well, nearly yeah. twenty gallons of pool pee in the in the larger one. <clears throat> so what they did was they they um, used it based on because um, there's no way to to actually check it, but you can um, based on what uh, a common thing that's in um, uh, food preservatives, um, you can find that it's traceable in pools. I'm trying to think of what it's called. Give me one second here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, a, lot of, it's a lot of piss in a pool. So it's an inexact science. <clears throat> um, but it's it's the best way they've ever they've ever actually found the answer. So it's it's the uh, I, some sort of potassium that the, the body human body doesn't break down that's in a lot of foods. In in, in three weeks, my kids. Why aren't we getting a, a pass to the uh, public pool? Well, so let the, me tell you. In the larger pool, um, twenty <laughs> gallons in in, God. in the larger one. Um, in addition, they, they did no. 250 samples of 31 no. other pools and hot tubs and discovered... Ooh, hot tubs. Oh, my God. <laughs> and discovered... Hot tubs um, are just an absolute the freaking semen pond. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking Petri dish. God. Uh, the levels were up to... <laughs> The levels are up to 570 times greater. Ooh. Uh, oh, my God. So a hot tub is literally well, just well, chlorinated uh, piss. Five, no, no, it's, it's pools and hot tubs. Let me finish the sentence. So 570 times greater than the amount of pee found in tap water. Huh. Well. So. I would think there would not be a lot of pee in tap water. Bear Grylls drinks his own piss. It's fine. We'll be fine. He gets paid a lot of money to drink his own <laughs> piss, so he can do that. I'm not drinking my own piss. Yeah. All right. And then I, I'm going to shut it down uh, with <laughs> Florida Man. Uh, <laughs> tells police his dog shot his girlfriend. So a man was asked uh, how his girlfriend got man, shot in the leg. Man's best friend, I guess. Yeah, I guess <laughs> he blamed the dog. His dog shot his girlfriend. That's like a really terrible country song, really. Isn't it, it really is. is. Um, so they responded to a nine one one call um, and met Brian Murphy, uh, who, who told them his dog Diesel accidentally shot his girlfriend. It's <laughs> a great name um, for a dog. Yeah, it is. While she that was has in bed. to be a pit bull, right? Um, his girlfriend, whose name is Summer Miracle, it's got to be in Florida. Gosh, uh, they, they she's got to be a stripper. She was right? sleeping. Oh. She's a stripper. 
Just because her name's Summer Miracle. <laughs> no, that would be Sparkle Miracle. That's, that's a stripper name. That's a unicorn name. <laughs> Sparkle Miracle. <laughs> I'm unicorn. pretty sure that's a character it's on my like little long lost, It's a long lost Care Bear. Yeah. So, um, so, so the bullet from Murphy's gun, which is the the man, um, it uh, it hit Miracle in the leg, um, and he covered Miracle's wound with a towel before calling nine one one. It's big of him. Yeah, just throw a towel on it. It'll be all right. It was a dirty rag from stop, the garage. Stop it right up. Miracle's not sure how she was shot. Um, she was asleep when the bullet struck her. Ah. Um, what a way to wake up. Um, and there, there is no word about whether uh, files or charges would be filed or not. Did they fingerprint the dog? I think I you can match know. the fingerprints of the gun, couldn't you? I was going to say, it'd be pretty easy. If there's a paw, paw print, print yeah. on the gun, yeah. problem solved. Scooby-Doo. That's some really Bro. good... Yes. <laughs> I shot your girlfriend, Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are terrible Scooby-Doo. Yeah, pretty uh, bad. Real talk, though... Uh, <laughs> How come Scrappy Doo can speak English perfectly, but freaking Scooby Doo can't say anything? Well, that's Why? Pre- it's pretty similar to this podcast. We speak English fine. You struggle with it, basically. So you're the Scooby Doo of the podcast, and we're Scrappy. I know, and that's why I'm the star of the show, and the show's named after me. Yeah. And you guys are fucking. Mm-hmm. I don't keep know. talking. I yep. give up. Yeah, yep. keep going. Never mind. Keep digging that. Um, okay, it's so all right. it's all right, Captain Sleep Apnea. You'll be fine. Cat, <laughs> Captain Sleep Apnea. All right. Um, where, I don't even know where we're at. Oh, we're doing uh, Fat Pastards. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Man, that is oh, my crazy. God. That's loud. <laughs> Fat Sorry, I had it cranked for the, the audio for uh, The More You Know. It was pretty quiet, so I cranked it up for that. All right, throw these over here. Okay, so uh, as I was traveling today, I found... Um, at a gas in, station. In between, in between. This is uh, going to be funny because people in California that listen to this are going to be like, we've had these for like three years. Yeah. Everyone in Japan listening is like, um, I, these, God, I love Snickers. Yeah. Bars. These are uh, Snickers hazelnut, actually. Oh, what are we rating these? These hmm. nuts. <laughs> yeah. Good one. That's good. I'm, I'm on board with that. So, out of five D's <laughs> nuts. All right. It's a fucking Snickers. A Snickers bar. No, the, the hazelnut's in the bottom. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got some of the, yeah. Yeah, it's basically a Snickers bar. There's a little bit there. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. That's a four. I mean, that's four D's nuts for me. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I would expect like, more hazelnut than that. It's not yep. exactly Nutella. Like if pressed, if somebody was like, "You just give it, gave this to me," and I would like, tell me what this is. I'd be like, "It's a Snickers." Mm-hmm. I think I would notice. Um, it's got a little bit more of mm. that um, Ferrer Rochelle or whatever that flavor to it. I don't know how to say that. That's the most pretentious fucking thing you've ever said on this podcast. It's Rocher, you dipshit. Ro- Rochelle. <laughs> Ferrero Rochelle. Ferrari. Ferrari Rochelle. <laughs> Raquel. <laughs> Ferrari Raquel. <laughs> that sounds like a. It's Rocher, you dumb shit. That's <laughs> very delicious. Well, yeah, those are really good. I mean, it's really good. There is a little bit of hazel in it there, but it's mostly a Snickers bar. Yeah, I could put five D's nuts. I'll give that four and a half D's nuts. Yeah, four. Four D's nuts. Rating system doesn't even make any sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> because everything in this podcast makes sense. Yeah. All right. 
Um, it's good with the it's good with the beer. Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> <laughs> you dumbass. I, I, I'm at a point where if if I if I don't know how to say it, I'm just going to commit to it. Yeah, you, and you just do. Plow right you absolutely through. do, man. Put your head down and power through, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to do it, yep, man. You absolutely do. All right, so uh, let's go um, further up, further in. You guys ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Were you going to talk about something else? Are you going to do the intro? Oh, we got to talk about. Um, Maybe you should do an intro. The honey. The honey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, sent us um, honey from, I don't remember what it was called, shit. Well, go get it. I gotta find it's it. It's local from uh, around the Boston area. It's very good. It is. It is a dark honey. Holy crap, it's insanely good. So, so I good. I put some on a biscuit this week, and it was magical. I just ate it straight. Yeah, man. I've done that, too. I freebase that shit. God damn it. He can't find it. Oh yeah! Here, oh man! Good you're, God! You've you're already halfway through what that bottle. Hell? Apparently, my wife's my wife's been using it. Jeez, yeah, the bottle's geez. half gone. Carpe Beam. yeah. Uh, fleece flower honey, raw local honey from uh, uh, Westford, Massachusetts. Westford, Massachusetts. Yeah, it's incredibly good. So yeah. thank you, Walker. For I'm going to give it a four point five bees. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good, honey. Yeah, four and a half bees nuts for that. Yep. Yeah, that's. I said bees knees. You said bees nuts. <laughs> I thought you said bees nuts. No bees well, knees. I'm keeping bees it real with the other bees nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Snap and do some bees nuts. <laughs> all so right. Thank you, Walker. She sends us stuff like all the time. We yeah, really, she's great. We greatly appreciate that. So. Okay, so um, we have a guest coming on. His name is Jason Stellman. You can check out his book, uh, Misfit Faith, Confessions of a Drunk Ex-Pastor. Not out yet. Coming out March 7th. Yes. So go pre-order it on Amazon, Walmart.com. Just kidding. No, not Walmart. (laughs) You'll find out. That's a a joke later. Um, So not Walmart. Go to Amazon.com. He said Costco probably... I think he was joking about Costco. No, they sell books at Costco. They sell books at Costco? They sell books at, yeah. Costco? They sell books at Sam's Club. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's mostly Duck Dynasty guys and Bill <laughs> yeah, O'Reilly, but... Right. Yeah. His, so, um, yeah, go go to his website, um, jasonstellman.com, um, and, and purchase his book. Also, if you go to drunkxpastors.com slash book, uh, you can find some links to if you don't want to support yep. Amazon or you want to support something else. Um Check out his uh, their website there. So he is um, a co-host from the podcast Drunk Ex Pastors. Um, he was born in Orange County. Um, in he's going to kind of don't call it that. <laughs> and he's going to kind of tell his story. So I don't want to give any spoilers away, but we do want to highly recommend the book. Um, it's really, really good. Really, really good. Yeah, it is. It was. It's. Yeah. It's a. It's a fun read. Actually, like it's not. It's a lot of. Th- it's I won't say heavy theologically. It's theological, but it's, but it's, it's a, a, he does it in a way that it's kind of light. Yeah, it's a fun read, and it's a, it's it's very accessible. It's a very accessible book. So yeah, I, I highly recommend it. There's all kinds of um, uh, references, like um, pop Le- culture references. Big Lebowski, Arrested um, Development. Yeah, really yeah. solid, and and it's out by Convergent, which we like Convergent a lot too. So yep. yep. With that, go further up, further in. Here we go. Jason, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? My pleasure. <laughs> hey, my name is Michael. With me are Brad. Hi there. And Matt. Hey. Hello. They both what's sound up, a lot alike. Yeah, so. we're brothers. So 
I oh, apologize. right. Okay. And okay. we kind of like each other. <laughs> That's not weird. Um, it's Arrested Development, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he knows. He, he gets it. I was just watching Arrested Development clips, no lie, like 10 minutes ago. Nice. That's so good. That's a good way to I spend was watching, your afternoon. It was the one where, um, remember, Maybe decides to become a Christian? Yes. <laughs> and so she asked her dad, like, where could I get one of those yes. necklaces with the T on it? It's and called a cross. Yeah, and Jason Bateman goes, that's a cross. And she's like, a cross from where? Uh, yeah. I love it. Well, he just shuts the door in her face, which yeah. is the best yeah. part of that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That really might be the most perfect show ever put on television. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. It's so good. Except for the Netflix season. Yeah, it's just, man. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even finish that, actually. I, I haven't either. I think, I, I think they have maybe like three views of that last episode, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, there can't uh, be very many. I plowed, I plowed through it, but it wasn't. There wasn't a whole lot of payoff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's an introduction into Jason Selman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so you're, you've you've got a book coming out. Um, before we really get into the book, can you tell us a little bit of your background, who you are, um, and and kind of what led you to to write this book? Yeah, um, I grew up in Southern California and. Didn't really have. Did much you grow up in the OC? I have to ask. Don't call well, it. Well, we don't. We don't call it that. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead. I feel, like, I feel like this interview may just be entirely Lebowski of, and Arrested Development. Yeah, quotes. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Remember, they keep calling it the OC disorder yeah. instead of OCD <laughs> yes. or the or the OCD or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so I sorry. Grew, I did grow up in Orange County, um, and sort of we went to church, you know, occasionally when I was young. Um, kind of started going more regularly when I was in sixth grade and sort of um, kind of got introduced into kind of broad evangelicalism that way. Um, started going to a bigger evangelical church called Calvary Chapel in high school, and that's when I got pretty serious about it. Um, eventually um, served as a missionary with Calvary in Africa and in Europe. Um and then fast forward a few years, around the mid-90s, I, I became a Calvinist. Hmm. And that's when I sort of, you know, um, got booted out of um, Calvary Chapel because, you know, Calvinism for them is kind of like the theological F word. You know, it's like the <laughs> worst thing ever. Um, and so moved back to the U.S. and went to seminary at Westminster Seminary in San Diego and um, began pastoring a Presbyterian church. And around this time, 2004, is when I moved up to the Seattle area from California. And I pastored Exile Presbyterian Church in the Seattle area until 2012. And that's when I um, finished what was like a four-year kind of period of wrestling with the whole Catholic question. Mm. And I eventually, in 2012, stepped down from my Presbyterian ministry and was received into the Catholic Church later that year. And then um, I guess I had, a, I had it in my head that I was just going to be a kind of Catholic version of my old Protestant self, you know? And <laughs> at, at, at the time, I was just very polemical, very argumentative. I loved to debate. I, I loved nothing more than you know, good theological debate. And so I actually wrote a version of this book um, that I ended up scrapping. You know, I, I wrote a whole manuscript, and it was very much a defense of my becoming Catholic and arguing the validity of all these different points of theology. And I just remember looking at it 
after I was done and just hating it. And that's gotta I, feel good to spend a lot of time on something. Like that. You know what? This is complete yeah, this crap. Is crap. Yeah, yeah. This sucks. The fruit of my labors is rotten. Yes. Um, so I asked my publisher, you know, my editor, can I like? I don't like this. I don't like it at all, and it doesn't reflect who I am. You know, I changed a lot during the course of writing it, and, and sort of ceased to be kind of bloodthirsty for um, for debate and and that kind of thing. And so I asked, you know, what should we do? And he said, well, if you really don't like it, then why don't you just start over? And I said, thank you. Thank you. And I, I awesome. scrapped it, um, started completely new, and Misfit Faith is the result of that. You know, I found, I found the book eminently readable. Like, it was, it was really entertaining to read, and it was really oh, cool. under, understandable. And I, it's almost like you, you made a systematic theology book fun. Because that's kind of how it read to me. Like you, it, it seemed like you were laying out, like, here are some really important things. Like, you're really hard doctrines, like the Trinity and, um, you know, God is Father and let, talking about uh, atonement. And, I mean, all these concepts that, like, are a giant snooze fest for most people. And you made it really understandable and readable. So my question, I guess, is did you have a specific audience in mind for this? Or was it just sort of this is kind of where I am? Was it more of a memoir type thing? Um, it was, I mean, it's part memoir, especially the beginning, you know, right. I kind of chronicle just like I did for you guys. I sort of chronicle my kind of journey from, you know, when I was a kid until now and how I got where I got to. Um, you know, I, I get the sense, especially after doing the podcast that I, I started doing with my best friend mm -hmm. back in uh, a few years ago called Drunk Ex Pastors. Um, one thing that just has become super clear is that there are loads of people who, um, are either kind of post-evangelical or even post-Christian, you know, who mm -hmm. um, who just have a hard time swallowing the, the what they've been handed, you know, what yeah. they've what they've grown up with, mm -hmm. and the plot line doesn't work anymore, and <clears throat> they struggle with a lot of these issues, whether it's evil and suffering, <clears throat> excuse me, or uh, whether it's hell is eternal torment or, or whatever it may be. Um, for whatever reason, they've you know lo lost the plot, or the plot has lost them. And I kind of wrote with those people in mind, and I'm one of those people, you know. Yeah, right. And yeah. I, I wanted to write something that would connect with people who may still feel or identify as Christian in some way or on some level, but who just don't see reflected in any kind of ecclesial community what they feel or what they've experienced themselves. So I wanted to kind of add my voice to a what I think is probably a growing number of voices to sort of connect or reconnect with those people. For sure. Yeah. And you, you succeeded. I will say that, that the book definitely, oh, cool. definitely does that. Um, Thank you. You, you spent some time in your book, challenging the Christianity of your youth through the lens of um, your experience in fatherhood, um, suggesting that the God of your youth was a pretty terrible dad. Um, how has the idea of God as the father changed for you throughout the years? Yeah, well, you know, I, I talk about how, of course, in my evangelical days and in my uh, Presbyterian days, um, I believe the Trinity, you know, of course, you know, it's a, one of the foundational doctrines of Christianity and all that, um, but it didn't have any real practical effect, you know, it was something that I kind of kept in my back pocket in case Mormons showed up <laughs> you know and then it's like oh yeah the trinity i got these verses that i'm going to clobber you with 
you know, and why do you guys wear short sleeve button down shirts with ties? Like that's just offensive to me. (laughs) Um, and so it was, it wasn't really anything that functioned all that powerfully in my own thinking. Um, for me, God was more understood as a creator and a judge, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was like, you know, um, God made you and um, gave gave man his law and man broke that law and sinned and rendered himself susceptible to uh, divine retribution. But Christ stepped in to be the perfect law keeper uh, and to suffer the father's anger on the cross so that God can acquit us in the courtroom of heaven with this kind of forensic legal acquittal. Um, and that's kind of what the gospel was. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and there's not like, it's not like, you know, those metaphors don't function in, in scripture. They do. Sure. However, when I started, you know, thinking about God as a father and, and what the ramifications of that might be, it was pretty transformative. And part of the reason that I started thinking this way is because, you know, my life just sucked and, and I just wasn't any good at, being religious or being Christian at all. And it was almost like self-preservation in a way to, you know, alter the paradigm and to understand God as a father and myself as his child, because I I felt like I needed that, you know, because if God treats me in the way that I'm understanding this judge type of God to do, like that kind of bad cop, um, (laughs) I'm just kind of screwed, you know, like I don't have a chance. But if God treats me like the, like I treat my own kids, you know, like a father who right. loves them and, and sees in their failures something even lovable there, then it's like, okay, well, that's a, that's a faith that I feel like I can actually do and, and abide. And, you know, and so maybe it was utterly selfish or idolatrous of me to rethink this whole thing. But, you know, what I ended up coming up with was you know, turned out to be orthodoxy, you know, it turned out to be Trinitarianism and and God as a father. Awesome. Um, so I, I love the, I love the Chronicles of Narnia. I loved it growing up so much that I named both of my children after characters in the series. Puddle Glum and the White Witch. Yeah, that's their names. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Reap a cheap, let's see, Reap a cheap and Tosh. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, so when I read The Last Battle, I had the same reaction and thoughts about, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to butcher this name, Emeth, or Emeth, um, who clearly worshipped and followed another god, uh, being let into that uh, the Narnian version of heaven. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on um, the idea that Christ's sacrifice might actually have been universal into other religions, and, and would that make God kind of a stepfather of sorts and then follow up is Gandhi in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gandhi is being roasted alive over the flames of hell. No. Um, well, you know, I, I have this thing that I say at the end of the book, it's in the chapter about, I think it's a chapter about fairy tales called, uh, too good to be false. And, you know, I, ha- I, I kind of entertain this idea, and I'd love to actually do more with it or tease the ramifications of it out a bit more somewhere else. But um, this idea that, you know, if, if God is a storyteller, then it wouldn't, you know, if, if there's some aspect to the story that would improve the story, such as, you know, if, if all things were equal, would we prefer 
more people to be in heaven than in hell or the other way around? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, all things being equal, yeah, gun to my head, sure, I'd prefer more people be, you know, saved, if not all people be saved. That would make the story better. Well, if God's a storyteller and if grace perfects nature and if I can recognize as a human that that aspect of the story would actually improve it rather than that millions of people end up suffering, you know, divine uh, waterboarding for all eternity simply because they never had a chance or never heard the gospel. Um, you know, if, if that being untrue improves the story, then can we just on the basis of that hmm. say, well, then I'm going to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to believe it as an act of faith. If God is a better storyteller than I, and if he is a father, then is it justified for me to simply believe something like that based on the fact that it would make, and most people would agree that it would make the story a better story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that kind of, to get to your question, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with this idea that, um, you know, whatever the relationship is between Jesus and what he did and a person's eternal destiny, um, I don't have a per- problem kind of universalizing that relationship. And in fact, it would seem to me, and I used to be this way, odd to really object to that. Like, I don't want to worship a God who's not going to torture people for all eternity. Hmm. You know, like, I, that's not the yeah. kind of God I can, I, I just can't get behind that, you know, that kind of God who's just going to be merciful to everybody. It almost sounds like Jonah, you know, yeah. getting all right. pissed off at God yep. for saving the Ninevites and all this. Um, you know, we, we like our God kind of parochial and, um, you know, regional, but if anything, the New Testament or the New Covenant rather teaches us that um, God's family is a, is a universal family made up of people from every kindred, tongue, tribe, and nation, Mm -hmm. and that I think a good kind of thought exercise for all of us, whether you're buying into what I'm saying or not, is, you know, um, does this idea of, let's say, universal redemption or whatever you want to call it, does this idea make me happy and hopeful, or does it piss me off? Because if the idea pisses you off, then maybe there's a bigger problem here. Mm, Right. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, you want to, we, we, we've talked about this podcast. I know that we want to err on the side of being too inclusive. <laughs> like if I'm yeah. wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, that's, that's fine. Well, and, but if I'm, if I'm, if I'm wrong on the side of exclusivity, then I'm, I'm messing up a lot of people. <laughs> right. And I know Alexander Shia um, in his book, Heart and Mind says that in human history, Christian Christianity was the first system in all of human history, recorded human history, to claim itself as a universal tribe. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a tribe, it was the end of all tribes, and that was the first, the the absolute first in recorded human history to say that. And we've kind of just turned it into just another little tribe mm-hmm. against yeah. all other tribes. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that, that attracted me about Catholicism is, I mean, Catholicism by its very definition is universal. Yeah. And um, to, to me, it seems as though, um, you know, the idea of being kind of uh, denominational and exclusive as a Catholic is utterly incoherent because, you know, it's not a denomination according to its own understanding. It's like this, the, it's just the church that other churches left to form denominations from. Mm. Um, and if you have, if you take that position, then it makes it a lot easier to 
recognize that people, you know, people, God is, God is seen by everybody. And um, if somebody's looking at him from some culture that's far removed from mine, either geographically or temporally, um, then of course he's going to be understood and described differently because people have different perspectives. And I think it, it's a big step forward spiritual maturity-wise to, you know, take that position as opposed to the whole kind of like, you know, spiritual white flight idea that like, <laughs> oh man, once unsavory types move into the neighborhood, it brings property values down. And so we need to keep heaven, you know, as safe for people like us as we can. And so the minute you start allowing people that we don't like in who look different from us, who think different from us, it, it sort of makes it less exclusive and less, we, we feel just less special. Yeah. And to me, that's just, I, that's, I don't like that idea. It's just, that's, you know, I used to think that way yeah. and I, I, I'm not proud of it. Are we talking about heaven or America? Cause those, they kind of, you could have been <laughs> describing either one at this point, I think. So. Right. Um, exactly. Not to, not to dive into that at all. I will just move on. Um, <laughs> So you, you talk about in the book sort of the depressing nature of, you know, the, the idea of original sin and the idea of God as a lawgiver. Um, you spend a fairly decent amount of time on that. Um, you know, evangelicals especially seem to be, um, at least, I mean, I can speak from experience, the evangelicals, because I, I grew up in that, um, that realm. Uh, they seem to be sort of obsessed with emphasizing how terrible we are as people, as human beings. It, which which kind of seems to run counter to the entire narrative of Scripture. I mean, I know that people have their issues, and um, those issues are pointed out. But why do you why do you think it is that we we seem to be so obsessed with making sure everyone knows that they're just pieces of shit? Because that seems to be kind of the message that gets played out a lot. Yeah, for sure it is. Um, every you know every thought, even every good deed, is a bad good deed. It's a yeah. deed that mm-hmm. um, the Westminster Confession of Faith that I used to be under as a Presbyterian talks about how that, um, you know, even the good things you do are, are bad because they were done with impure motives or um, you know, they didn't glorify God enough or whatever. Um, I, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, when Christ is seen as a kind of, um, I don't know how to put it, like, we have to find we have to make Christ relevant in some way mm-hmm. by creating a problem for him to solve. Right. And for a lot of evangelicals, I think it's you know the problem is that we are totally depraved or we are utterly uh, despicable in God's eyes. and um, but but this is where Christ comes in to to render you lovable somehow. Um, so to me, it's it's in many ways arguing from like solution to plight, you know, like mm-hmm. what's Jesus the solution to? Um, and in many ways, this is rooted in this idea that grace and nature are at war. You know, this idea that our humanity and physical things and earthly material things are bad, and um, Christ is here to free us from this kind of prison house of the body and this corporeal state that is, that is by definition bad. Right. Which is all very ironic if Christ rose again in the body, and if the new age, the age to come, is in fact a new earth, then um, of course that idea that you know matter and, and material things are bad is wrong. But I think a lot of evangelicals kind of are operating from that perspective, a, a suspicion of all things earthly, a suspicion of all things physical and human. And so therefore Jesus comes in as the, as the sort of you know, um, way of overcoming that, that problem. Um, but of course, in the book, I try to dispel that idea. Right. 
Um, you talk also in the book, um, and I actually found this not metaphor may not be the right word, but this comparison um, interesting and interesting in the way that it really sort of enlightened it a little bit for me. A lot of us grew up growing up in the evangelical church, sort of see Jesus as like half man, half God, um, right. and which is not right in any way, shape, or form. And you actually use the image of God zombifying Jesus, um, right, and taking him over by force. Can you talk a little bit about why that idea is so freaking dangerous to our understanding of how God interacts with the material world? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny because I remember when I was first studying Catholic stuff. Somebody made the point that all errors are ultimately Christological errors. And I thought, man, I do not know what that means, but it sounds really interesting, and I want to know why you think that. <laughs> um, you know, because this idea, how we understand the relationship of God to this world, you know, heaven to earth, grace to nature, um, as I said, for a lot of evangelicals, it's, it's kind of a war. You know, it's kind of this idea that grace, the heavenly eternal stuff, comes in to sort of um, – overturn or commandeer or fix um, all the earthly human stuff. And, you know, when you actually start thinking about this question through the lens of Christ and the Christ event, well, if Christ's divine nature did not run roughshod over his human nature, in other words, um, if Christ were not just some sort of Jesus of Nazareth guy um, who got bit by the divine virus one day, um, perhaps at his baptism, and then and then the divine stuff just took him over the way a zombie virus just takes over a human, and he just you know did a bunch of stuff, kind of um, commandeered, you know, or taken control of by this other outside thing, um, you know, much the way we think sometimes about the writers of the New Testament, like they're just mm-hmm. writing and they're going like it's just all Greek to me, like I don't know what this is saying. <laughs> they're they're sort of dictated to you know, and their humanity is. Uh, commandeered. Well, you know, if that's not proper Christology, and it's not, you know, um, Christ's human nature um, was was not um, destroyed by or done violence to by his divine nature. In fact, his divinity elevated his humanity, right? Because he rose again and ascended into heaven, and he ushered human nature and human flesh into, according to, you know, the Christian story— into heaven itself, and now Christ as a God-man participates in the divine worship of the Trinity, which has effects on us as humans. It means that my humanity is not something to be apologetic about or ashamed of or even threatened by, because Christ redeemed humanity in his flesh. That's why Hebrew says, you know, uh, we enter into the, the new and living way through the flesh of Christ, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Um, And so that transforms or ought to transform the way we look at human nature, the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at our our own weakness and our own humanity. We don't need to be afraid of it. We don't need to apologize for it as though God's in the business of of helping us shed that. You know, the story of Easter and the story of the Ascension, if anything, teaches us um, that God is in the business of exalting humanity, not, not stamping it out. So that's why, I mean, that's why it's so important that God became flesh because of what it, what it says about us as human beings and what it does to us as human beings. Yeah. I mean, John says, you know, if any man denies that Christ came in the flesh, then he is antichrist. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like most of our problems, I think as Christians, um, 
come down to some sort of shame that we feel about our natural uh, inclinations, you know, whether those are um, for sex or food or drink or whether it's art or film or music or whatever it might be. Um, I mean, that's why you've got a multi-million dollar um, Christian music industry, because we can't just let people run around and listen to what's on the radio. We have to have our own radio <laughs> stations with our own music that's barely distinguishable other than the fact that it's from a Christian label so that we can not feel so guilty when we put our head on the pillow at night. You know, hey. but it's like that's a Christological error right there. That's a Christological yes. error about what the nature. Don't know Christian music of the '90s, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt you, bro? My, Michael's Michael's <laughs> triggered right now. Matt, Matt, Matt and I are on board with you. Michael's not on no, board. No, not it's, on board. And it's totally fine. Yeah, I need show some... us on the doll where he touched you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> oh man, uh, I just need a little bit more decent Christian talk in my life. <laughs> That's right. It's come. Well, you're hanging out with the two wrong people for now. So. <laughs> sorry. DZ talk reference. My bad. I'm sorry for interrupting. I, but I had to. I mean, I love 90s Christian we, music. We routinely make fun of Michael's uh, love for terrible 90s Christian music. So. Do, do you not have well, love? My, my for... kids love to listen to Toby Mac. If if it's any well, consolation, Toby Mac is and different. it's like and how I'm just old are like they? ripping ripping my ear ear drums out as I as they do, but you know whatever. <laughs> Does it make you feel like a failed father? Is that because I, I feel Completely. like that's what it would do for that's me? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Do they know that Toby Mac is back when the DC track stop is jacked? It. You stop do they know right that? Now. <laughs> Gosh, we apologize. Oh. I'm sorry, I totally yeah. derailed there. Um, yeah, uh, but you listen, you like you too. So I mean. There's that. I do. I mean, I like you too. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of you know much of what they've done in the last 20 years, but you know, uh, <laughs> the 20 years before that were pretty awesome. So pretty so. much anything after Joshua Tree. No, anything after Pop. Anything after okay. Pop, I'm not a fan of. You know, um, not a huge fan of. But um, 80s and 90s U2 kicked ass. All right, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get on board with that. I, I can I can I can swallow that. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so you say in the book that um, a true saint should be much more soiled than sanctimonious. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what you mean by that? Uh, because it really resonated with us. Well, yeah, you know, there's this sense. And I, I, I the idea, I think that part of the book, I was kind of piggybacking on G.K. Chesterton a bit, mm-hmm. who's one of my favorite writers, um, talking about this idea of a kind of, saintliness that is um, blissfully detached from the world, um, you know, that sort of floats above earth and uh, doesn't get its fingers dirty, its, its feet dirty, yeah. um, is, not, is not a saintliness, I think, that, that comports with at least my understanding of, um, of the Christian message and certainly the misfit faith that I try to describe in the book. I mean, um, Speaking of you too, you know the line uh, "head in heaven, fingers in the mire." You mm-hmm. know is a line that I quote in there somewhere. Um, this idea that um, we're not to be um, detached and blissfully unaware. You know, like uh, like the Buddha. You know, who who just can, is, is sort of in this in this cloud of esoteric, you know, bliss. Um, that that's not. I don't. That doesn't resonate with me at all. Um, to me, it's about it's about Earth. It's about loving your neighbor you know your neighbor is is you know that's that's the person next to you that's the person who's in need 
there is no other way to love than to love some concrete object here around around us. Um, and, and so to me, it's not it's not a compliment to say that somebody is so, you know, so heavenly minded and so detached from the earthly concerns of whatever. To me, it's more about, um, you know, getting getting our fingers dirty and getting dirt under our nails and and really seeking to, um, up, you know, to love as a as a subject. I, I am somebody who is embedded in a context and my job is to. Um, love God by loving my neighbor and and to seek to you know pay attention to and meet the needs of those who are around me rather than kind of detach and unplug you know I, right. I find that kind of esoteric ethereal Christianity to be very foreign to me uh, mine is very much about the grit and the grime of this world and being not afraid of it but being willing to recognize that you know, this is this is where Jesus lived. You know, this is what Jesus did. This is how Jesus functioned. Is he he didn't disassociate himself, but in, in, on the very contrary, um, God made himself more relevant than ever by assuming human nature and human flesh and actually walking among us. And so that's kind of what's lurking behind those things that I say in there. Well, I mean, it's it's incarnational living. It's living out the incarnation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's totally. Literally, all it is. So, mm-hmm. so. I, that kind of leads to the next question a little bit. You know, you said that any system that strikes fear into the hearts of God's children is law and not gospel. So, you know, piggybacking on the idea of, I think there's a lot of Christians who are afraid to be soiled because they think it's going to send them to hell or whatever weird reason they have for not wanting to get dirty and be around things that are quote unquote less than, less than holy or less than sacred. Um, why, why are Christians some of the most fearful people on earth? Yeah, well, what I what I talk about in that section is I'm kind of making uh, an eschatological point. You know, I, I'm making a redemptive historical case um, for the fact that the new covenant is different than the old covenant. You know, and I draw the analogy I draw from the movie Annie. You know, the mm-hmm. the, the little orphan Annie movie um, about how that she is living in this orphanage and she's in this kind of servile. Um, fearful, you know, um, state with no parents, and and that's kind of her reality. And it takes her a while when she's, you know, living with Daddy Warbucks. You know, she's. It takes her a while to figure out that she's not just another one of his servants, but she's actually going to be adopted as his as child and heir. And Paul makes that that same point in Galatians three and four, uh, where he's talking about the new covenant and the fact that Christ came and ushered in a new a new way, a new age, uh, a new covenant. And what that did is it moved God's people from that status of kind of bondage and fear, because Israel under Moses was like um, a child who's an heir to a great fortune, but who's just not old enough to um, to take ownership of it yet because he's a minor. And the coming of Christ and the coming of the new covenant in the New Testament, like, um, signals our um, coming to majority, our adulthood, our moving out of adolescence or prepubescence into full maturity. And I think that insofar as any Christian, whether it's me or you guys or anybody, insofar as any of us is living that life you described of just fearfulness, um, to that degree, and shame and guilt and all the things that come with that fearfulness, um, to that degree, they're just not caught up existentially to where they're supposed to be 
eschatologically. In other words, they're living as though they're standing at the foot of Mount Sinai, which mm. Hebrews describes in chapter 12 as, you know, Moses exceedingly fearing and quaking right. at, at, the, at the voice that he heard and the fire and the lo- thunder and all the lightning. But instead, we don't go to that mountain. We go to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. And um, I think part of living under the new covenant, living under grace and not law, is is putting putting away all this fear and all this guilt and all this shame and all this condemnation and actually living as though God is a father who generates a son who has adopted us into his divine family as uh, younger brothers of Christ and as children of God ourselves. If that is your reality, then it ought to transform every aspect of your life. Right. So you, you say in the book, I really kind of like this line. I really don't care if people think I'm right anymore. Um, was there, was there a formative moment for you where that attitude sort of coalesced and you were just like, eh, screw it. This is me and this is where I'm at. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it came about when I had, um, tendered my resignation to the PCA, the Presbyterian church in America. And, um, you know, I, I, sent my letter in because I had spent four years struggling with some of these things and just never found any resolution. And I posted it on a blog I ran at the time as well. And there were something like 50,000 unique hits on that the first week. Right. Wow. And it was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. And I, I I remember trying to answer people because there were like thousands of comments and I'm trying to answer people. And it got to a point where I'd spent so much time of my life you know, arguing with people on on the interwebs and, (laughs) you know, it just never gets anywhere. And I don't, I remember feeling like, I just don't care. Like I remember people would send me like, you know, the guy, James White, that um, Baptist apologist guy out in Phoenix. He's a Calvinist guy. Mm -hmm. Um, He like, he, somebody sent me a link like, oh, he, he did a podcast about you and he, he he (laughs) basically like, you know, tore you down, you know, limb from limb on his show. And it's like, I remember I just like thought, Oh God, I got to listen to this and I got to respond. But I never did. I never listened to it. Like I just, I just forgot about it. And then I would remember it. And then I go like, "Ah, fuck that. I don't care. Like I don't want (laughs) to do that. And it just occurred to me, like, I just don't care. Like I really don't care. Like if, if I'm going to be Catholic, I don't want to just be a a, a Protestant Catholic. You know, I don't want to be some dogmatic, um, you know, argumentative kind of person that like I was before, but I'd rather just be like, okay with whatever, you know, like, Oh, you think that I'm going to hell and that I join the dark side of the force or whatever. <laughs> Fine. That's cool. Whatever. Like, let's go have a drink and let's hang out, you know, let's talk yeah. about that or nothing or whatever. But I'm just not, um, interested at all really in debate or engaging on that level. And it was just coming out of where I came out of into this, that uh, and it took me a couple years to really get to this place and I'm still growing in it you know but it, it just got to a point where there's just not enough hours in the day to fight with everybody who wants to fight you know and <laughs> yeah, I'd rather yeah. just like or I'd rather just be like you know this aggression will not stand you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's awesome you know just be like the dude that's the right dude that's fuck right. it let's go bowling dude <laughs> yeah let's go bowling <laughs> can't be worried about that shit <laughs> <laughs> This this is starting down a bad road it for is, all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can quote man. the entire movie. <laughs> oh. Um so we have very similar backgrounds. We're we're th- three former pastors. We have a we started a podcast and I I swear 
when we started our podcast, we had no idea about yours. We do drink on our podcast. It's, it's very similar, our, our podcast. So some of our, our listeners may actually be interested in what you're doing as well. Um, mm. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, so um, my best friend Christian, um, we've, we, we've known each other since high school. We served together in Europe um, as pastors. Um, and we've been, you know, best friends for like 20 years. And, um, for years I would go to his house once a week and we just have some drinks and just talk and like watch movies or watch TV or whatever. And we constantly, we'd get like five minutes into a movie and I'd be like, dude, pause it. And I'd, he'd pause it and we'd have this like 45 minute discussion about something that we'd be like, okay, hit, hit play. Um, and you know, I was talking to my brother and um, he was he does a he does his own show that's um, totally different, but it's a it's a podcast type show. And he goes, you you and Christian should record your conversations and just put them out there, you know, just to see what happens. And I had nothing else to do, you know. I was like spinning my wheels, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life at the time. So I showed up one day at his house with a it was actually like a little lapel mic. <laughs> <laughs> with a splitter, you know, like nice. it was like this, it wasn't anything else. It was like it recorded onto some little like tiny thing. And we recorded the first episode and we put it out there and it just started to grow. And it was, it was a few episodes in before he actually decided, or he told me, Hey dude, we should change the name. We should call it drunk ex pastors. And I was like, Oh man, I can't, I don't know if I can do that. Like I'm just like <laughs> inviting so much scorn by doing that. Um, but that we did, you know, we started it. We started it like in um, August of '04, or uh, sorry, August of '14, 2014, something like that. And it's just kind of taken off, and you know, it's super fun, and it's just unscripted conversation that we have, whether it's about culture or politics or religion. We take voicemails, and people ask us questions, and just weird. It's weird that people actually like. It actually helps people, you know. Yeah. Like, You've you literally just like this is every conversation yeah. we've had like yeah. once a week. It's last really year. weird. Yeah. So we yeah. we formed our podcast. So we were we actually tried to do a church plant before we did a podcast. We're like, you know, if if this fails, we can always start a band or you know do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and that's that's what we did. That's exactly so what happened. It completely failed, and, and people started listening. So and it's weird. Yeah. 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 And it's it's fun too. And it's like for me, it was really therapeutic because. I had spent so much time in my ministry days sort of having to be or bear the burden of being this kind of spokesperson for Jesus or whatever and not being able to like – you know, if I had a like off-color joke to make that was hilarious, <laughs> um, I couldn't make it. I had to – you know, I just yeah. had to really kind of watch my every move. And so it was nice to kind of let my hair down, you know, proverbially. Yep. And um, do something like this. I mean, the fact that it's called Drunk Ex Pastors immediately r- robs me of any pretense to any kind of like yeah. sanctimony, right? Because yeah, it's sure. like, okay, these guys are not claiming to be these, you know, perfect Christians or whatever. I mean, Christian, my co host, is agnostic. Um, so it's, it, it just, it, it was, I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you guys, super therapeutic. Oh, yep. for sure. That's our, literally the only reason we started this thing. Our listeners are checking out right now because we said this a hundred times, but <laughs> we uh, we just wanted something for us. We just needed an outlet. Like we weren't teaching, yeah. we weren't doing anything church related, but we had all these things we were reading and thinking about, and no outlet. And that's literally the same reason and we our, started it. Our first segment is what are you drinking? So yeah. we try like, to run people <laughs> off early. So it's it's like it's we had the exact we, same weed idea out the weird. weed out the suckers early. Yeah. yeah. 
So I just, uh, do you have anything else you want to sort of say about the book? When does the book come out officially? It's not officially out yet. No, it comes out the 7th of March. Okay, very so soon. basically a week a week from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys you guys got copies from the publisher. Is that what happened? Yes. We did. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Did you guys get the little paperback one or the real hardback one? The paperback. The paperback one. Oh man, you guys got to get the real one because the real one. I, I've got a couple copies of it lying around, but it's um, it turned out really great. I mean, the paperback's just a little flimsy galley copy, you know. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. It's you know I'm 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 super stoked about it and i'm privileged to have been able to write it and put something out there that kind of reflects who i am and where i'm at right now in my journey and um you know it's been it's been a rough go because i when i left the ministry i like i said i i kind of thought i would just become some sort of like catholic apologist guy who would run around the country speaking at conferences and proving everybody wrong or whatever (laughs) Um, and I took myself out of that world and off those rosters and off that circuit pretty early on. And now that the book is out and I feel like, you know, it actually reflects my own heart. Um, you know, I'm kind of like dipping my toe back into the, you know, the pool of possibly speaking at events again and doing the, cause I, I miss that stuff. You guys know what it's like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's, you, you can take a, preacher out of the pulpit but you don't always take the pulpit out yep, of the preacher absolutely yep <laughs> um yeah so awesome do you have time for a bonus round yeah totally awesome so some lightning round questions mm-hmm. um so you mentioned in your book uh the writings of c.s lewis and tolkien were influential in your early faith who is influencing you now i've been reading um i've been reading Pete Rollins. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Um, I'm we doing interviewed atheism him on our show. Right now. Atheism for Lent. Oh, atheism nice, for nice, Lent. Yes. Why did I say faith? <laughs> I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, he's. I, I've read a few of his books, and um, we just interviewed him on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really love his his um, kind of subversive take on things. You know, yeah. understanding God is. You know, this is what we call it when love happens, you know, and yeah, the right. way we love God is not as an external object outside of us, but uh, in the act of love itself, that is where that is where God is, you know, that's where God lives. That's where God resides. Right. Um, Peter Enns, too. I don't know if you guys are familiar oh, yeah. with Peter yeah. Enns. Yep. Um, I just finished just like yesterday his newest book, and I've read a couple of his others. Um, he's been super helpful in helping me kind of navigate some of these um, Old Testament you know, accounts of the Canaanite genocide and yeah. the walls of Jericho and all the stuff he talks about in his, his books, you know, he's got a really refreshing take on some of that stuff. And then, um, I don't, do you guys know Brad Jersak? I've heard the name. Okay. He wrote a book called a more Christ-like God. Mm. And, um, some of the stuff I draw on in the chapter in my book called shit happens about power and evil and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing from him. Um, he's been super, super, um, influential for just understanding this idea that, you know, if, you know, if the New Testament is true, then God is just like Jesus. And if God is just like Jesus, then that ought to really inform how we understand, um, you know, some of these um, issues in Scripture that are problematic, you know, like, you know, you know, all these horrible, horrific, you know, acts of God that happen and all that. So those three guys have been super helpful. Ironically, none of them is Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Awesome. 
So what uh, what was the last album you listened to from start to finish? Oh man, um, there's a band called um, New Division, hmm. and they they've put out I think three albums, and um, I think they've got a new one coming out. Oh, but you know the the most recent start to finish I think would be um, In the Valley Below. Um, they're this band. It's mainly a guy and a girl um, in the Valley Below, and their album's called The Belt. Hmm. And um, they're recording a new album now. They've put one album out, and I saw them play at this little club in Seattle like a year ago. Um, they're the best new band out there anywhere, if hmm. you ask me. Okay. So in the valley below, the belts, and they're not—they're not paying me to say this. <laughs> Much better than you two, I'm sure. <laughs> well, they're, what they're doing is more interesting than anything you two's done in a while. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so as a drunk ex-pastor, what's your go-to drink? Um, depends. If I'm feeling like um, drinking beer, then it'll probably be this time of year. It'll be some sort of uh, port or stout or mm-hmm. porter rather mm-hmm. or stout. Yep. Um, in the summertime, it's all about the IPA. Yep, yep. Um, and there's some great IPAs in this area. I mean, this is like Seattle, Washington, Oregon. You know, California are really great places to be for good beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if I'm drinking whiskey, um, I might drink an Isla like you guys are drinking now. Um, otherwise I'm probably going to drink a bourbon cause I like the sweetness of a, of a, like a Buffalo trace or if I can get it like Pappy Van Winkle. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. If <laughs> I had, I had a, I had like two fingers of like the Pappy 23. Oh my gosh. Recently, <laughs> um, my girlfriend, um, is the GM of a, of a popular steakhouse in the area. And so we were in there and we, we you know, we dipped into the Pappy a little bit. So yeah. Nice. As you should. Yeah, it's good yeah. to know people um, in high places like that. Apparently, <laughs> right? That's that's, awesome. that's that's my only reason why I'm dating her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a very good reason. Yeah. <laughs> what is the uh, the best Star Wars episode? Well, I would have said Empire Strikes Back, but I really did like the Force Awakens. Um, yeah, I, did too. I think yeah. the prequels the prequels are an abomination that yes. I don't even recognize. Thank you. You're wrong. No, Your no, he's is wrong. not. He's not wrong. You have a bad opinion. No, he's his opinion is dead on. You're an no. idiot. The I prequels say, are awesome. Michael's the know, Jar Jar Banks of this podcast. Yes, Amen. Yeah, yeah. Well, As, um, you mean the, the best part of it? <laughs> right. The best part of it. You don't. You don't right. even believe that. <laughs> it's either it's either Empire Strikes Back or Force Awakens. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say about that. I have. Yeah. I've heard. I saw an article, and it could be a little bit of exaggeration, but J.J. Abrams said that he's the executive producer of the uh, the Last Jedi, and he said that Mark Hamill's performance is Oscar worthy in that. I guess he is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, oh good. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I took. I set up and took notice of that. That uh, gets me pretty you, excited. If you guys are Star Wars fans, you should listen to. Um, the Nerdist podcast, Chris Hardwick's mm-hmm. interview with Mark Hamill recently. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, super. I mean, you have to you have to get through like forty five minutes of like nerd sci fi comic book stuff to get to the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. But dude, Mark Hamill does the most amazing Harrison Ford impression ever. Oh, really? <laughs> He's yeah, a great Twitter, so Twitter follow too. Yeah, he, is. yeah. he does yeah. a great Joker as well. Gotta give a shout out yep. for the Joker. <laughs> um, all right, so if you could have a drink with anyone mentioned in your book, real or fictional, who would you choose? I'm going to run through a few options you mentioned. These are not okay. all. You can you can go somebody outside of this list. But you've got Lewis, Tolkien, Lebowski, Luke Skywalker, G.K. Chesterton, Kanye, Ron Swanson, <laughs> Buster Bluth. 
You can do go outside of that, but those are that's that's those are the ones that I thought were like noteworthy, like my top list. Um, it would for sure not be Kanye. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. I was just gonna <laughs> um, say that we were gonna use God. We don't say Kanye. We were gonna delete this episode. <laughs> if, you said Kanye. If, uh, if both Kanye West and Kim Kardashian were drowning, and you can only save one, <laughs> what kind of sandwich would you make? <laughs> Um, no, it'd probably be, dude, it would probably be the dude, maybe the dude, um, yeah. and perhaps, perhaps J.R. Tolkien too. Okay. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Awesome. We'll accept those answers. Thank you. <laughs> okay. A couple of follow-up questions. Uh, where can f- people find your book? Um, well, anywhere that fine books are sold, um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, uh, probably Costco's website, um, Walmart. <laughs> I would not in, uh, encourage anyone to shop at Walmart, though, so don't buy my book from there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you can – if you go to um, drunkexpastors.com slash book. Awesome. There's a, there's a link to about seven or eight online places to find cool. it. Um, you know, it's possible you'll find it in an actual physical bookstore, too, but that's just – I don't. I don't have any way of knowing whether your right. local bookshop yeah, right. will order it. Yeah. But anywhere, anywhere you would normally buy books online, um, you can find it there. Awesome. Cool. And where can people find you online? Um, well, you can find me. I have a. I have a Facebook author page under Jason J. Stellman. Um, there's JasonStellman.com, which has. Um, information about the book as well as as well as mentoring that i do and if you want to book me to speak you can go there and connect with me that way and then the podcast i do um drunkxpastors.com and you can find us on itunes and stitcher and soundcloud and all those kinds of podcast outlets um uh, itunes though is what most people use and we've we've done about 138 so far um so that's that's one way to find me as well so yeah awesome nice all right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah no problem. Anytime. And for any listeners, the book is Misfit Faith. Confessions yeah, I don't think we actually... Of a, no, we're terrible about it. We Confessions of a Drunk Ex-Pastor. We're going to yeah. do, do an intro later, and we're going to put it at the very <laughs> beginning so people will, will know what it's called. Yeah. So nice. thank you so much. When is this, uh, when's this going to air? Tonight. Oh, dude, no way. Yeah. yeah. So we, we are... We're not messing We around. are not professionals, so we're just going <laughs> to... We're gonna do this thing and put it out there. Yeah, we just we don't edit. We just drop it like it's hot. Yeah, so yeah, it'll dude, it'll probably be in iTunes probably tomorrow morning. I would check or like midnight okay. tonight, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're still up, nice. whatever. Nice. I'll, I'll be up. Don't worry about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, man. All right, fellas. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Now that we puked in your seat. You can tell us what you think The five stars get red But one star is dead To us This is my favorite part (laughs) I, I literally, by the way Screw you Andy Moore I woke up three or four days ago singing this fucking song in my head <laughs> I could not go back to sleep oh, that's awesome. if I was so angry at being awake I would have that laughed at Polly named Matt <laughs> at Polly named Matt <laughs> for those of you that can't tell us apart it's a that's a pretty damn catchy song though yeah it is good uh, five star reviews what do you got we have Un uh, five star review Uno. by Ormexia to doubt is divine 
For years I have struggled and wrestled with God, and it wasn't until I left the church a second time that I really found God. It was in the comparative religion studies. It was in the reading what the atheists had to say. It was in finding minds like Paul Tillich, who left us in the 60s, and contemporary minds like Bell and Rollins today. Those three big names in recent, uh, recently adding the pastors to my listening pleasure have been a huge help in feeling that I am not alone with how I feel. I don't know if I will ever call myself a Christian again, but the name doesn't really seem to matter, does it? Rollins once said that it's not what you believe, but how you believe. Basically saying, what does your belief in God cause you to do? How do you react? How do you act as a response to your interpretation of the divine? The pastors seem to be okay with asking those questions, which is especially important in the United States where popular evangelical practices are all the rage from Christian youth pop culture to popular theology. There's a sort of idolatry amongst those that would call us idolaters. They should, they could benefit from this podcast, but chances are, unless they step away from the God in the box, they will not give the pastors a chance. It's my God in a box. All caps. (laughs) Jesus. In all caps, she says, you should, though. Thank you. I got in a box, yeah. (laughs) That is at MJ Basinger on Twitter. Uh, Thank you for that, Rudy. That was very nice of you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, John Mark O at Epictilic on on Twitter. Oh, is that who he is? Okay, good. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. That's great. Thank you. Very kind. On Twitter, we had a lot of actually we had a lot of new people who just started listening to our podcast last week and are like already in the pub. Which is really, really awesome. We added a shitload of people. Oh, my God. Yeah. That one day was like five or six people. We had man, two days like... where it was four to five per day. Yeah. Like, yeah it's, it was... it's getting hot in there. So I'm going to take off all my clothes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, here <laughs> there it is. Yep. And scene. We appreciate it if you would not do that. Um, I make no promises. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Savannah Marie Heiss at Savannah Heiss. Um, she was on the uh, Dive Bar Disciples podcast. She okay. said, uh, "As long, I've gone as long as I can without listening. It's time to crack open a can of podcast. You're next. Hashtag <laughs> it's time. Hashtag pubby, uh, hubby's fave. So, and then, she, and then later she sent us a couple more tweets. She wrote, uh, who is more Christian than Gandhi? Hashtag Jesus. <laughs> that was me. I think that was you, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah that was a pretty good yeah. one. And then she said, um, at Pastor's Podcast, I cannot listen to you guys in public. I look like an idiot <laughs> laughing and repeating things like aqua dump over and over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, aqua dumps are legit. <laughs> they're also polluting, you asshole. Yes, in case all- you're wondering, Michael shits in bodies of water. So uh, <laughs> Only in... Flowing bodies of water and so only stay upstream teenage Michael. Michael, 30-year-old Michael has matured. And has he? Well, really? Is that where we landed on that? I don't shit in rivers anymore. <laughs> so there's that. Speaking of setting the bar low. Yeah, there's that. Um, so <laughs> Very presidential of you, Michael. You're welcome. <laughs> See, I, I'm growing. <laughs> you are. You and Trumpy, buddy. You're, yeah. all, you're both growing together. At Soli Blue, at Soli Blue 954, Wrote, just had my first listen. Loved it. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Soli Blue. Was there 953 more before that Soli Blue? Or? Um, I don't know. It's, I'm guessing Soli Blue is like, a, I don't know. I don't know. I think his <laughs> name is Enes Lima. This is E-N-E-S Lima. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also says Soli Blue. So I don't Okay. Know. All right. Please explain on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Please add us. Uh, em- <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> Get ready for this one. Emily Chaluski. Chaluski. 
child. I wish you could see his face. God, he's trying so hard. I am trying. Emily with <laughs> two L's. He's literally sweating. Um, if he didn't have headphones, there'd literally be smoke pouring out of his ears right now for his brain implodes. Hi, Emily. Um, thanks for your tweet. It says, um, thanks for the, all of the unapologetic laughing at work and brain restructuring and uh, work brain restructuring you provided. I need a little bit of that myself, Emily. I'm sorry for your name that I said it wrong. I'm sure I did. Hit me up. Let me know. Send him a pronunciation. Yes. Please explain to me phonetically. Uh, Emily. Oh, my gosh. How do you say her last name? Not Emily. Tracy. Tracy Meador? Meador? Meter. Meter? 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 God. Meador? Meter? It's, that, like, it's like watching a baby giraffe try to walk for the first so time. So Emily Meter. Is that what we're going to call yes. her? Yes. All right. Actually, her name's Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll call Tracy then. Tracy Meter uh, wrote, you guys just made my Friday. This is so effing good. Lives not terribly far from here. Yeah, so uh, Tom Doherty um, is is her entry point into the podcast. Nice. Epic song last week. God, that song. I listened to it again today. It's so freaking good. It's really good. I'm looking forward to the rest of whatever comes out of that. Well, he's Tom's going to be on the podcast, I believe, isn't he? Yeah, that's down the road here. Spoiler oh, alert! He is. Tom, yeah. we, <laughs> we like that neither of you assholes told me that. Oh, yeah, Welcome to the podcast, Brad. Shit. You, you fucking phone it in until Wednesday anyway. Okay. So. <laughs> All right, uh, Tracy also said, "Thank you for sharing. I can't express the way it speaks to me, both the humor and the depth." I'm very much looking forward to listening to more and for the book release in October, which is Hillary's yeah, book release. I'm looking forward to that too. And then she she quoted us. Uh, we should stop saying the f word so many times. And he just said it nine times. Yeah, he did. You said it more than nine times. Yeah, I said he did it. talking about friggin' ventes. Yeah. We're gonna get into it. Wait for it. Um, <sighs> John Mark O, who, who gave us a review, said thank you for the follow. Not sure what I did to attract your attention, but one love. And then he listened to it. And said he'll keep listening, and he appreciates uh, what we do. And he said thank you for making me feel um, like less of a heretic. So. Nice. We'll do what we can. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so we had Tracy uh, meet her. She hopped in the pub after one week. And then <laughs> Megan Jessup, she also, mm-hmm. she said a friend referred her uh, to the podcast uh, with Hillary McBride. And uh, she said, thank you for making real struggles and shining light on them. Man, we had a ton of great feedback. We have more feedback on Hillary episodes than yeah. anybody else. You know what's weird to me is that there are people going, out there in the wild going hey you should listen to this podcast That's like it's so not just people weird. like it's people it's not you following people on twitter necessarily yeah or people randomly finding us on yeah iTunes. it's kind of starting to snowball a it's like bit. people it are like, like hey weird. you should listen to these guys and it's like what so we decided that next week is is bring a friend <laughs> <laughs> it's friend <laughs> bring, sunday bring a friend wednesday <laughs> to the podcast so go ahead and tell have an ice cream now. social yeah. afterwards yes so whenever we do our next live event people should have like live meetups where they just sit and yes. watch it together oh god that's a great idea do it do it. Uh, Becky and Tony got together this week. Yeah, actually. we did. We had yeah. a lot of meetups. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We've had some Colorado meetups, and yep. the Southern California people need to get on a meetup. There's a shit ton yeah. of people from in the pub from mm-hmm. Southern Cal for sure. Megan also said she can't handle the Sarah McLaughlin features on the podcast. <laughs> Crying uh, hashtag. We didn't have one this week. That's I just literally no. can't even. So that's all right. I mean, we can't do it every week. Can we not? It'll be jumping the shark before you know it. <laughs> well, we're probably already close. Let's yeah. be honest. Um, Des Smith said, uh, um, at Hillary McBride, uh, great to hear your episodes on Pastors Podcast. Thanks for what you do. I'm literally, uh, I'm Canadian too, and soon to be MFT and NC 
wife is practicing LPC. I don't know what that means, but good on you. LPC is licensed practicing counselor? Professional counselor. Professional counselor or something like that? Sure. Let's go with that. I don't know. So he joined the pub too. Yes. Yeah. Everybody's getting in the pub. Yeah, man. It's so hot on board. Shit getting real. Uh, Also, at Rev Gray, Father Gray said, don't really know what Pastor's Podcast is all about, but the name got me. So I'm in. Nice. Nice. Welcome, Welcome, Father Welcome, Gray. Welcome, Father Gray. So we have an honest to God father in here. Jeez. Yes, Father. Um, Tony Bedora said, "If you've if you've never listened to an episode of the At Pastors podcast, number one, why not? Number two, start here. <laughs> Hashtag best episode yet. Wow. Yeah. So high praise. It's good. About broke my brain listening yeah, to it man. again. God. Yeah, I listened to it twice. Yeah. and it still was like what? Yeah. Uh, Sarah Kate, um, Ron Swanson's daughter, said, uh, "I have <laughs> I just no never words." Gets old. <laughs> well, to her, it probably does. She's probably over think. it. Um, she said, I, "I don't have words. Still processing, but wow." Tender hearing my experiences validated. Yep. Thanks. Sandra and Sandra and Turnbull. There you said, go. You got it. Hey. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> said intense character development explosions. I can't wait for Hillary McBride's book to come out in October. Mark your calendars. Um, you have my gratitude for holding sacred space for, for whoever for whomever hears and sits with your words. Nice. So um, Billy Patterson said, don't listen to these two, uh, scruffy, ner- scruffy nerf herders, Michael, you're on the right side of history. Star Wars rebels is legit. Amen. Did I say it wasn't? You guys talk shit about Star Wars cartoons. So yeah, no, we talk shit about you. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a huge a, difference. A the record line. will show you talked shit about Star Wars cartoons, but mostly because it was you. Well, yeah. mostly because you're not nine. That's true. <laughs> hey, that. There are many layers to the Star Wars mm-hmm. cartoons. They had freaking characters from Move on. Uh, Rogue One nobody, recently. Keep, nobody cares. Go keep ahead. Going. Billy cares. Thanks, Billy. I love you. Billy's love you long time. Billy's going to be on the podcast again here pretty soon, too. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Billy Patterson coming back it's on the, the podcast. At are we not? Are we the, worst, the worst atheist in history. Yeah. Just right. fucking terrible. He's <laughs> just terrible. I love Billy. I do, long too. Time. He talked about giving up uh, atheism for Lent, didn't he? Well, he he's said his work schedule got changed, and he's uh, not okay. going to be able to go he visit can't churches. Find Jesus. He's okay. busy. <laughs> he's, he's got things to do. Um, Billy's too busy for the God he doesn't believe in. Yes. <laughs> Thank true. you. Love you, Bill. <laughs> he's going to add us hard tomorrow, and it's going to be yes, awesome. Yes, he is. Uh, at Zach Creator said, episodes, uh, Hillary McBride's episodes are two of my top favorite Pastors podcast episodes. Yep. Um, I could hear... My own gears grinding whilst processing all the information. It's like talking to Pete Rollins is what it's like talking. Yeah. She's, I mean, like. No, it is. Without an Irish accent. Yeah. I mean, it is. And, you know, female. All right. Here we go. At Batman villain, Ian Irving. (laughs) At Pastor's podcast. Why does your podcast have an explicit tag? Oh, somebody here at Starbucks feelings always sticking up for the little guy. (laughs) Thanks, That's Ian. a shot at you, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, Jay Marie Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger, came in in the clutch, and she said, hashtag just say Venti, hashtag I'm with him. Uh, so. Don't encourage him, Janet. Come Thanks, on. Thanks, Janet. Has she not learned by now? Like I you know. think she's been God. she's been on board from the beginning. Like you think yeah. she would have learned by now? Matt McGraw, um, Janet once called me her spirit animal, so <laughs> it never dies. Janet has poor taste. <laughs> she has poor decision making. Have skills. you? That's not true. She's got great taste. We had some honey earlier. It was great. I know. She has poor decision-making skills, apparently, too. Janet, let's be friends. 
Um, Matt McGraw also added me. I don't. I didn't save that one because it was on my personal Twitter. Mm. But he was in in favor as as a former partner. Listen, I'm fine with That's calling fine. it Vinti, but good just God. call it Vinti. That's all okay, I'm saying. I just made a bigger deal out of it than it needed to be. I are you talking about in the pub? No, no, on the well, yeah, of course in the pub when you're telling our own followers to fuck off. Well, you know. So maybe you yeah. made a little bit too big of a deal out of it. Number one. No, no. no. There is no number no, one. There's no number one. <laughs> I was really bored and just had fun. No, it that doesn't day. matter. You were telling our own support us with their hard earned money to fuck off. They they slid into my DMs, the one I specifically told to fuck off, and thought it was great. Thought it was hilarious. Great. Okay. Well, that's fine. We're we're on good You're still a dick right. bag, so Yeah. Yeah. It was all a joke. It's all a joke, guys. Calm down. What are you doing? What are you taking? <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> I love when you bring your own sound effects <laughs> and hold it up to the microphone. Um, <laughs> eventually, we'll get a board big enough that we can plug all yeah, of our iPhones yeah. into it. It'll be just a never-ending cluster. I think he, I think he deserves videos. an AK. <laughs> Um, Huff the Magic Dragon said At Tom Doherty was a pleasant surprise Uh, We Mm -hmm. were looking for more of uh, Of his music Hashtag it's complicated Yeah that was good man He doesn't have a release date yet and I'm pissed Yeah, He lives in Carmel which is like an hour from here We need to get together God damn it I closed my gun app At the wrong time Hey Tom, if you need me to drop some sweet folks yeah, you you, on your on if you need, EP, if you need some backup. I'm volunteering. Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna at you pretty hard on that one. <laughs> um so finally somebody's agreeing with something Brad said. Uh at real Dr. Andy Nixon, Dan. Dr. Andy Nixon. Yeah, he's in the pub. He's who has joined the pub in the last week. Awesome. Uh said Trump is definitely George Oscar. Thank Blues. you very much. Yep. Hasht- yeah. It's the hashtag final countdown. <laughs> well done, man. That's nice. I heard that. I was flipping through satellite radio the other day, and the eighty station came on, and that was on. God, you I just laugh. Lost you it. laugh every time it comes you on. Do. Now you can't take that Mm-mm. song seriously because nope. of Arrested Development. Absolutely. Yep. Um, uh, at Real Matt Seymour said, uh, had to jump. So he's been off of Twitter and off social media for a while. And he said, had to jump on here just to say hashtag Michael Smuggles Horse Genitals. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Matt. Yeah. We love you. Um, Jennifer Flynn McCormick. Dude, seriously? Yes. Well, there's there's some good ones here. Oh, We're my God. Jump. Every week, man. Are you going to? You need you to be limited to like 10 people. You, is what you need okay, to we'll to. start that next week. <laughs> Yeah, I'm betting we don't. I, I'll, I'll go through them. So uh, um, she said, music at Tom Doherty, mind blown, healed by Hillary McBride, one of the best ever. Hashtag beaver, placenta, and maple syrup. <laughs> nice. So she was she was the main. The one person that used it. Yeah, Peter Thurley said um, something about horse cock smuggling operations. <laughs> Hashtag 41 pounds of horse meat. <laughs> Um, Stephanie Rice said, stick toothpicks and peeps and nuke them and make them joust. <laughs> I saw that. That cracked me up. That sounds like something she would do, actually, having <laughs> met her. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Heather at Stardust Dawn said, uh, she sent us a picture of um, um, Pastor Alice's book. Uh, Alice oh, Connor. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, look what came today, backwards photo, because she's a jerk, hashtag sexy, sexy Bible. Um, so I just want to say this. Uh, we also got a... a, a, a 
a tweet from Reverend Fiona Jenkinson at Pixie Glitter, who just joined the pub. Um, she said uh, her book, the book, sent us a picture of the book and said she just arrived. Uh, the book just arrived and she ordered it um, right after she uh, heard her podcast here. Yeah. And uh, she had to wait for the UK release date. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say uh, anytime you want to add us with people that have been on the podcast, please do let them yeah. know that you listen to them here that we can get some sweet guests on here. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to skim through some of these. That's it. You're done. Just puff the magic dragon. Huff the magic. Puff the magic dragon. Said, I love how whenever I hashtag anything uh, old at Pastor's Podcast, um, starts popping up. Remember, hashtag drunk monkey, hashtag do you even lift Jesus? First two episodes. Yep, man. That's God, that's been way back. a minute. Yeah. And finally, Mike Morton, more power. Uh, <laughs> finally hit us back up. I've been waiting <laughs> for this. Let me give you that's more awesome. more power, more power, more of you in my life. I want more, more time, more time, more power, <laughs> and I will worship you with all of my heart, and I will worship you with all of my soul. Again, um, Tom Doherty, if you want to hit us up, you need some some backing, folks. We're here, man. Uh, <laughs> Um, so Mike, Mike said, uh, I gave you a five star review. He said, I listened to that bit probably 15 times. <laughs> the laugh is priceless. Yeah. Um, wait, which, which bit was it? It was the more time. More okay, power. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. God. He's really, never gets old. He's really, he's, enjoy a, this one. he's a great sport, man. Yes. Thanks. Thank yeah. You, for all you people you. who we just mock the, name, the like, people that we've just drugged through the dirt. We had a couple people ask us about what the pub is. Um, we talk about it every episode. We do. Yeah, we so, literally do. Yeah. So join the pub. It's yep. it's a great time. So on Twitter, we'll explain it more. <laughs> 140 characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucas Allen said, spoiler alert. Uh, he didn't say spoiler alert. I'm saying spoiler alert. He said, let, uh, Pastor's Podcast, let me sit in for Brian Zond interview. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my bucket list of talking to heroes is getting shorter. Looking forward to getting that one put out in a couple weeks. Yeah. March 15th. Yeah, say two weeks from today. <clears throat> um, yeah. We're going to have an in-studio guest next week. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it'll be be good times. So I, I guess I'll, I'll end it there. After I'll, 20 minutes yeah. of feedback. More time. <laughs> more power. More of you in my life. <laughs> that's some serious. I want more. <laughs> Oh my God! What a somewhere there's song. a good, somewhere the youth minister's slowly strumming his guitar, yes. a single strum yes. between each. In between Every, let's just sing. Just sing it with our voices now, guys. <laughs> Close your eyes, raise your hands. Do it, Charlie Hall. Sing it spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, hey Chuck, sing your songs a lot back in the day. Hey Charlie, sing it secularly. <laughs> sing it again with more more heart. <laughs> Oh, all right. Anyway, hashtag time. No, it's closing time. Oh, okay. Read us on iTunes. Subscribe mm-hmm. to us on iTunes. Write us a review on iTunes. We need it. We need your iTunes. Um, check out our website, gloriouspastors.com. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash pastors podcast. That's how you get to the pub. Yep. Who is it? Who do you want to take you home? Not you. 
I'm already at your home. <laughs> and Marty looking Man. at you lustfully. Uh-huh. Hey, buddy. <laughs> God. How's right, it going? We're doing hashtags. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he's so proud of himself. Somebody, hey, girl. Somebody, how you doing? Your, your cable's not working. I'm here to fix it down like cobble. Here's my pizza. <laughs> You can imagine you where this pizza? goes from here. He, he fixes, fixes the, the cable. cable. <laughs> I'll show you a cable. See, people are going to think it's the end of the podcast All right. now. Okay. No, no, no. All right. Hashtags. Okay. Uh, hashtag Michael is Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got that. Hashtag what kind of sandwich would you make? <laughs> what was that in reference? That's from he said if Kanye and Kim were drowning, <laughs> right, who would yeah. you save? Or no, what, what, sa- what sandwich would you make? That's right. I'd make ham and Swiss. No, ham and cheddar. Cheddar is always the way to go. Good for you. Hashtag Michael's racist train. <laughs> Let's not do that one. All Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> this, this is good. Hashtag I've got anonymity. <laughs> Guys, I've got amnesty. No, anonymity. immunity, you dumbass. <laughs> amnesty is a thing, right? Yeah. God. <laughs> I meant to say amnesty. Oh, what I God. Well, anyway, wrong on that too. Hashtag Amnesty's okay. Hashtag glue your bee hole shut. Mm-hmm. Hashtag one giant freckle. <laughs> hashtag shit pockets. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag semen pond. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 we can't can't use yeah, that. we absolutely fucking can. <laughs> so we've used hot tubs in Alabama Thunder Pussy. That's, that's I'm pretty C sure man. we can use it. Seaman. Seaman Bond. <laughs> I like this one too. Hashtag <laughs> Forever Rochelle. <laughs> Ferrari Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hashtag bees nuts. <laughs> bees nuts. <clears throat> hashtag my god in a box. <laughs> it's my god in a box, yeah. <laughs> and, and hashtag. I'm submitting it again because we've got to use it. <laughs> I've got uh, hashtag hashtag Michael's anonymity. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag that's my eminent. That's my rap name. Eminimity. Eminimity. Hashtag smells like Bigfoot's dick. (laughs) How do you know that? How do you know what it smells like? Hashtag Michael's fugue state. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that's from. (laughs) It's from you not breathing ever while you sleep. You just go into stasis. I'm literally dead. Oh, hashtag glue poop. Oh, my God. Hashtag don't glue your vag. <laughs> hashtag shit pockets. 
Uh, hashtag poke a hole in the poop sack. It's funny. I'm just imagining somebody taking like it, like a, it's a balloon. You're letting the helium out. His poop just splittering out. Oh, oh my god. Uh, Captain Sleep Apnea. <laughs> and then uh, I don't shit in rivers anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't. Re- I I have hashtag just say venti. Uh, <laughs> hashtag half Vader. Um, hashtag glue your bee hole and hashtag one giant freckle. So mine aren't great. <sighs> We got to do more time. I think we do, man. (laughs) All right. So if you've listened to this. Even though Seaman Pond is pretty fucking good, too. (sighs) I'd shit in that river. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So if you've listened to this podcast in its entirety, hit us up Mm -hmm. on social media with the hashtag more ton, more power. On Twitter, we are at Pastors Podcast. <laughs> We're at uh, at Polly named Matt. At Polly named Brad. <laughs> at MJ Basinger. Follow us on Twitter too. Why not? Um, and then on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. More ton, more power. Oh, more of you in my life. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So uh, that's it. You guys got anything? Closing take thoughts? Us, take us home, buddy. Nope. Take me home. <laughs> Country <laughs> road. <laughs> To the place I belong, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home, take me home, country road, country road. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> okay, that's really creepy when you're talking about a girl on the country road. <laughs> oh. Did uh, somebody order a pizza? <laughs> directions <laughs> good god UPS I have your package wanna make a semen pot <laughs> oh, we can't end on that you can't oh you're the that. worst